Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. We are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You, so don't forget to grab your free Becoming Your Best Self Startup Kit by texting RISE Podcast to 797979. Again, that's RISE Podcast, all one word, to 797979, and you'll be supported both personally and professionally. Now, today's guest is Jessica Prasini. Now, Jessica is passionate about helping her clients heal the roots of their emotional eating. From over a decade of research and her own personal emotional eating journey, Jessica consciously created her uniquely effective escape from emotional eating process and programs. And now being 100% free of her own compulsions with food, Jessica helps other high-achieving women do the same. Her work has received awards from the Institute of the Psychology of Eating, and she has appeared in various media outlets such as ABC, CBS, and Mind Body Green. Please welcome Jessica to the Rise Up For You podcast. Well, welcome Jessica to the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited for our conversation today. I think it's going to really serve our audience. So let's go ahead and dive in and share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Jessica Persini, the founder and creator of Escape from Emotional Eating, and I am on a mission to help high-achieving women who are change makers heal the roots of their emotional eating so they can use food as fuel rather than a way to cope, soothe, and attempt to escape their busy, stressful life. Mm, that is so huge. I know I've I've talked to many friends and many clients myself that, you know, seem to have this struggle, you know, food is that, there's emotion, it's the go-to, it's the number, it's the, you know, it's, it's an easy, kind of an easy place to go, you know, and uh, so share a little bit about how you actually do that, how you work with somebody. Well, I'll share a little bit, you know, like the body of my work was created from my own personal experience and trying so many different ways to have this peaceful, nourishing relationship with food. Um, And we can go into that later if you Mm -hmm. want. But one of the main ways that I start working with my clients is in what I call building emotional fitness. Mm -hmm. So I believe just like we have to be physically healthy, we also need a level of emotional fitness. Mm -hmm. And I do that through teaching my clients a series of tools like the fear flush and digesting emotions so that they can shift out of a stressed fight, flight, free state into a more rest, restore, rejuvenate state Mm -hmm. and where their emotions don't feel so threatening. And then the next step we take is really about untangling our physical hunger from our emotional hunger. 
uh, because we have two different types of hunger and a lot of people get them confused Mm -hmm. or don't even realize that there are two types of hunger. Uh, They're just sort of eating whenever they feel like it, not necessarily really when they're physically hungry. Mm. Um, And it's then through that untangling that we have access to the deeper roots of their emotional eating. And that's Mm -hmm. the work that I really love to do is around the four roots of emotional eating because emotional eating is like a weed. You know, we can either, you know, chop it off at the top, like with a weed whacker (laughs) or a surface approach, like a diet or meal plan, or, you know, trying to eat super, super clean and healthy, which is not sustainable, Mm -hmm. or we can pull it out from the root. And that's everything that myself and my work is really truly about. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because I think it is something that um, oftentimes people don't know they're necessarily eating emotionally or um, using food, you know, in a different way, right? It's not just fuel. It's not, you know, we hear these things as, uh, you know, we can give up tobacco we can give up alcohol we can give up, you know, other things that can be addictions, even though it's challenging, but we still need to eat. So talk a little bit about, yeah, <laughs> right. So it's not like we can, you know, and, and, and sometimes it perpetuates that, um, you know, good food, bad food. If I eat something bad, that means I'm bad, right? Or right. It's, it's like a lot of that self-loathing and self-just um, worthiness issues, right? Well, if I'm going to have one, I might as eat the whole package. It'd be really good tomorrow, right? I've been right. in that cycle before, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So talk a little bit about how you kind of untangle that. You know, what what are some of the things that you, uh, you have either seen uh, a pattern with clients? Are there some similarities in people that have this, this issue? Um, and I know there's probably degrees from real eating disorders all the way down, but, um, mm-hmm. go ahead and share a little bit about what, what you see normally. Well, I typically work with people who are high achieving change makers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they work, you know, very high pressure, high stress jobs. Um, and you know, they know all of the nutritional information. Mm-hmm. Some of them are even, you know, nutritionists, therapists, or health coaches themselves, Mm -hmm. but are really using food as a way to manage or cope with stress, anxiety, challenges that come up in their life. Um, And because food is everywhere Mm -hmm. and we have to eat, it can really be an easy way to... Uh, cope without having it be so blatantly obvious like uh, like with alcohol or drugs or even shopping Mm -hmm. Um, it's an easy coping mechanism to hide because no one really knows if they're emotionally eating except for you Um, and what I found is that you know from my research and from my personal experience that we can take any emotional eating experience and drill it down to the roots and the root will be one of four things and that's where I really discovered the four roots of emotional eating Mm -hmm. and it's either one or a combination of these four roots that are activated and driving the emotional eating behavior And when we have clarity about 
the root and, you know, which one is activated and how it's playing itself out in the emotional eating cycle, Mm -hmm. then everything changes. So, for example, one of my clients, uh, Sandy, is a surgeon and, you know, works that very high pressure, high stress job. And she, she, know, she's a doctor. She knows a lot about health and wellness and what she should and should not be doing. Um, but when she came to me, she said, I eat when I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated when I eat. <laughs> and mm-hmm. anything that would, you know, be difficult during her day, like the electronic medical records wouldn't be working right. She would take her frustration and she would eat it. Mm. And through our work together and healing the roots of her emotional eating, she no longer does that. Mm. And in fact, it's been about 16 months straight that she has not emotionally eaten, even during these times of COVID where Mm. it's like really impacting her and her job and her industry. She is still not emotionally eating. And the best part about this is that all the energy that used to be caught up in the guilt of overeating and the Mm -hmm. shame and those empty promises of, oh, I'm not going to do this again, but we end up doing it. Mm -hmm. She took all of that energy, reclaimed it, and actually channeled it and created an organization that helps ER doctors identify victims of sex trafficking. Wow. As just just a side hustle, you know, like just a, a side treat <laughs> on top of being a surgeon and, wow. you know, a top surgeon in her field. Right. And she said to me, she said, I would have never, ever had the time, energy, or even desire to do this and create this if it weren't for our work together, because mm-hmm. I would have just been eating all the time. I would have just eaten my way and I would have never had the energy for it. Mm-hmm. And I love telling that story because while our relationship with food can be so personal, there is a bigger impact that we can have when we are no longer trapped in the emotional eating cycle. Yeah, I totally can see that because it's, it's, uh, we're typically for emotionally eating not going for the steamed fish and broccoli, right? I mean, we're typically going yeah. for foods that, uh, that relax us, right? Because blood gets shunted to the digestive system. It's like, oh, it's a stress relief. So we're typically going for the comfort foods or foods that don't necessarily support our, you know, health goals or like you mm-hmm. said, our mission in life. Because if we don't, if we feel sluggish and don't feel well, we're not going to have the energy, the motivation, the enthusiasm to go out and do those type of things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Not what happens you know, with the steamed fish and broccoli, it's what happens after the steamed yeah. fish and broccoli. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'd love to dive into the four roots because I'm sure there's some people listening that may think, gosh, am I an emotional leader? Am, you know, am I going down this path? So what are the four roots that you've identified? So the four roots, I actually go into uh, much like in in-depth way uh, of the four roots on my website. There's a free video um, that I go really deep with explaining what they are, how they're showing up for you, and then next steps 
on how to start transforming them. So if you're interested, you can go over to my website. That's escapefromemotionaleating.com and access that free video right away um, because that'll, that'll give a lot of great information about what the four roots really are. Mm. Um, But the four roots uh, really came from 10 years of being an emotional eater myself Mm. and years and years of working with clients um, and, you know, from my personal experience, uh, my first memory of emotional eating was from when I was six years old. Mm. And for the next 20 years, I had this love hate relationship with food. It was what I would go to when I was stressed, anxious, bored, scared. And for years, years, I struggled with really finding peace in my relationship with food. I binge ate my way through nutrition school. Mm -hmm. And that's when it became obvious that no matter how much nutritional information I have, it's not going to help heal the roots of my emotional eating. And then I spent 932 hours in therapy. Mm -hmm. That didn't even start to crack the code (laughs) and it was just feeling like I didn't resonate with overeaters anonymous and you know all these methods weren't working and I knew there needed to be another way and that's when I really dedicated myself to some deep deep research happened upon the four roots and when I applied them to my life my healing accelerated. So now it's been almost five years since I have emotionally eaten or even felt compulsive around food. I have that peaceful, healthy, nourishing relationship with food. And the same thing with my clients is that as soon as we started to really focus and I introduced the four roots to them, so many people started accelerating in their journey. And many of my clients are now like, It's been 16 months, 17 months, 18 months, two years um, since they've emotionally eaten because we've gotten down to that that root level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice, nice. So can you share what those roots are just briefly? I know, you know, we'll um, make sure we put the website in the notes. So if people want to go deeper, you know, they can definitely go to the website. Yeah, absolutely. So the first root of emotional eating is fear. And I call this the queen bee because it shows up in all the other roots. And this is really where you'll eat if you're stressed, anxious, scared, or overwhelmed. Um, Then the second root is hypervigilance. This is where you constantly feel like you're chasing your to-do list. You like to be in control and you feel tired but wired Mm. almost all the time. Then the third root is self-abnegation. This is really about how you sacrifice yourself to avoid ruffling the feathers of others, to avoid being seen for who you really are. And then the fourth Mm. root is self-loathing and the cycles of self-blame, self-ridicule, self-criticism, guilt, and shame will fuel the emotional eating cycle. And if anyone has ever overeaten, you know how shame and guilt will definitely (laughs) 
follow any overeating experience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What was that third one again? Self-abnegation? Self-abnegation. So it's about uh, denying or sacrificing yourself to avoid uh, any kind of criticism from others, sticking out and being seen as different. So an example of this is like anytime we get together with friends or family, mm-hmm. right? And perhaps your grandmother made her amazing, uh, famous cheesecake. <laughs> right. And you're clear that every time you eat that cheesecake, it gives you a bellyache. Um, but when you go to visit grandma, she makes the cheesecake and you eat it anyway not only does it give you a bellyache, but you have a really hard time just having one slice. Mm. So that pattern of not speaking up for yourself, not honoring your body is an example of self-abnegation. Another very common way that that shows up for my clients is also just not honoring time to eat lunch. You're just like working through your day like you're a machine and waiting until you're starving and can eat someone's arm off. (laughs) That is another version of self-abnegation. Got it. So would you say, I I know it's hard to pigeonhole each one of these because they can definitely overlap, but um, like a people pleaser kind of person, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing in that Mm -hmm. definition, someone who puts himself last. I mean, that could also be considered kind of a martyr too, right? Someone who puts himself last, they do what pleases everyone else. Oftentimes the, it's rooted in um, love. I want to be loved. How can I be loved? I can be loved when I right. eat grandma's cheesecake, right? Right. And um, one of the reasons why I use self-abnegation versus people-pleasing mm-hmm. is because self-abnegation highlights the fact that we are sacrificing ourselves. It is literally the denial of self. That's what abnegate means, mm. is to, den- to deny yourself. Sure, yeah, yeah. Where in people-pleasing, it really becomes you know, where our mind goes is it's about the other person. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to emotional eating, we must continue to keep the focus on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because we must start looking at, you know, how is this impacting ourselves? How is this impacting you? How is this impacting the one who's making the decision rather than, you know, trying to make everyone else happy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What would be, um, I know you go really deep into the, you know, subconscious and psychology around some of this, but what, what would be a typical say strategy or kind of tactic you would, you know, when you meet with someone and and you, you see that there's, you know, there's an issue here that, um, you could share with our audience. So, so something they can use today. Yeah. So one way um, that you can start working with the deeper goings on in your relationship with food are, I want to give a couple of questions Mm -hmm. um, because one of the ways that we heal emotional eating is through curiosity. Mm -hmm. Anytime that we bring judgment or very black and white thinking into play, the door shuts and transformation stops. So here are some questions that Mm -hmm. you can start to ask yourself today around your relationship with food to dig a little bit deeper. 
And the first one that you want to use as you're approaching food the next time, so maybe it's in the next couple minutes, maybe you're actually eating as you're listening to this, Um, but it is, you know, really asking yourself, am I physically hungry? Mm -hmm. Am I physically hungry? And really allowing your body to answer, to really slow down and breathe and feel and ask yourself, am I physically hungry? Mm-hmm. And that will help you start to identify if you're emotionally eating from some sort of emotional need or if you're actually seeking physical nourishment. The second question that you'll want to use um, to support a deeper inquiry is asking yourself, how do I feel? And when mm-hmm. I work in the digesting emotions process with my clients, that is a multiple choice answer. Mm -hmm. So there are five major emotions, mad, sad, glad, scared, and bad. Mm -hmm. So when you ask yourself, how do I feel? You want to give yourself those uh, suggestions or answers, Mm -hmm. mad, sad, glad, scared, bad. The reason why we work with those five emotions is because there's literally billions (laughs) of different kinds of emotions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are actually simply combinations of these five major emotions. So if we just drill it down and focus on the five, then the digesting process becomes a lot easier. So I'll just do a quick recap. So the first question, am I physically hungry? Mm. And the second question, how do I feel mad, sad, glad, scared, bad? are just starting to skim the surface and help you dig a little bit deeper in your relationship with food. Mm, Yeah, those are great. Because anytime you ask a question, right, there's a pause, there's a spaciousness, there's the brain wants to answer it. So we may not always follow through on the answer. (laughs) You know, if the answer is, no, I'm not physically hungry, but too bad I'm going to eat anyway, then, (laughs) you know, but at least that happens too, right? But it's not going to always be perfect, but at least you can start identifying, like you said, seeing the patterns. Right. And that's really where my work comes in, Mm -hmm. right? If someone's saying, no, I'm not physically hungry, but I'm going to eat this anyway. (laughs) That's where I like rub my hands together (laughs) and I'm like, ooh, juicy spot. Let's dig in there. Uh, Because that's really where the work is. Um, That's, you know, where the transformation lies. Yeah, absolutely. And identifying the emotions great too, because it's like, oh, I see the pattern of I want to overeat or choose a particular type of food when I feel bad or I feel sad or, you know, maybe when I feel glad it's, it would be another choice, but I see those emotions and how they tie into, you know, not only food choice, but, um, kind of quantity, (laughs) you know, consumption, right? Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Well, that's, that's a lot to think about. I really, I really do love questions. And I think if we can take that pause and ask ourselves more questions, you know, um, Because I think oftentimes our relationship with food also um, overlaps into our relationship with money, our relationship with people, right? It's, you can't really compartmentalize one part of your life. Typically, it's going to bleed over into all the others as well. Yeah. 
Part of my mission statement, uh, the very last line of it is how you do food is how you do everything. Mm. So the same compulsive patterns that are showing up in your relationship with food are showing up in other aspects of your life. But what I love about, you know, the work that I do and, and your relationship with food is that once we do it there, once we do the work with ourselves in that relationship with food, then it can be like a copy and paste to our relationship with money or our partners or, you know, work and things like that. Because we've had that experience and evidence, it becomes easier and literally everything changes. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why sometimes as, as a coach or, you know, you, you go in one door, but then you see like, wow, it really overlaps and you know really elevates you know, that person on so many levels. So that's beautiful work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, let's uh, move on to our power questions. So we always love to ask our guests these questions and get a little insight. So if, um, if I was to say what, you know, book has had the massive impact on you? Uh, there's a book by Marianne Williamson called A Course in Weight Loss. And it is the book that really illuminated this deeper aspect of our relationship with food for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, Even though the title says weight loss, it actually really has nothing to do with weight and Mm -hmm. has everything to do with compulsive eating and emotional eating. So highly recommend A Course in Weight Loss by Marianne Williamson. Beautiful. Awesome. How about a quote that you live by? I believe the quote is by by anonymous, so I'm not sure who uh, says this, but mm-hmm. it's a quote that I first saw <laughs> on the bathroom wall of my yoga studio a few <laughs> years ago, and it says, "Peace, peace does not not mean to be in a place where there is no chaos, noise, or hard work." Mm-hmm. peace instead means to be in the midst of that and remain calm in your heart Ooh, powerful yeah that's great i love that how about if you could leave the world with one final message your golden nugget what would it be you know, I really speak to these exceptional times that we are in and how much our world needs you, all of you. Mm. Emotional eating numbs you. Now is a time to feel. Emotional eating steals your power. Now is a time to take that power back. Emotional eating silences your voice. Now is the time to speak up. Our world needs you, all of you, especially the part that emotional eating steals. And it is my heartfelt invitation that if you are struggling with emotional eating, do not allow it to continue to hold you back. Mm. Reach out for support you know, show up as that demonstration of your commitment to your healing, because like I said, our world needs you now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How can we uh, connect with you? 
You can find me uh, over at escapefromemotionaleating.com. All links, resources, especially that video about the four roots. I highly recommend you get your hands on that. Mm. Um, You can find me and all of my social handles and stuff like that over at escapefromemotionaleating.com. Perfect, perfect. Okay, one last question. As you know, we are Rise Up For You. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? To me, Rise Up For You means to no longer be willing to be held back by our fears, excuses, littleness, to really recognize that there is an alternative. You know, when we feel powerless, to remember that we do have the power. When we feel low, to remember that we can go higher. Mm. Um, it, it really means to me that there's always opportunity and no feeling is final. Mm, well, that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Jessica, for your time, your wisdom, all your amazing golden nuggets. I know it really served our audience, and I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.